What's going on, guys? Welcome to the second episode of the No Coast Wrestling Podcast. Um, my name's James, and today I'm joined by Kyle and our producer, Morgan. What up? Um, What's up, guys? So, sorry for missing a week. A whole lot's happened since then. We're still kind of getting everything figured out and finding the best way to do things. Um, because so much is going on, we're going to do some some short recaps, so we won't spend too much time on things. We'll get into some wrestling that's happening now, now that we're kind of really getting seemingly getting to the swing of things. First, we'll take a look at the Mat Men Open, which happened after the scuffle got, or not the scuffle, the Midlands got canceled. Had some interesting results, starting with Pitt winning, but Penn was very close behind. Pitt was uh, 121.5, followed by Penn with 118, and then Wisconsin with 117. I um, think the big thing about the Matt men, not even necessarily the team scores, but it's kind of these people that no one's really gotten to see wrestle either in a long time or gotten much shine that like came out and did super well. You know, it wasn't a stacked mm-hmm. field, but um, some kind of people that no one really was thinking about came out and had some individual shine on them. I think that was the bigger story really about Matt men. So yeah, far. there, there wasn't like a huge team really that stuck out. I think Penn looked really good just as a team, especially, I don't think we saw them last season. Um, but individually, there's a handful of guys that we were kind of thinking about talking about starting with Dean Hamidi. I was going to say your, your absolute new man crush of the oh, yeah. season is Dean Hamidi. You couldn't wait to get on the Hamidi oh, talk yeah. today. <laughs> I, he's, he's, I've watched him, um, I think, wrestle at junior trials, and he looked really good. Um, this season, he has gone on a freaking tear. Uh, he beat Wenzel. I'm pretty sure he beat Hartman also, and then he freaking – majored conigliero um there's no scrub yeah well he nearly teched him actually i take that back hamidi beat hartman and um and then conigliero beat wenzel who then hamidi beat so Mm. wenzel's not you know not having the same year as he did last year after making the the finals but hamidi's freaking I don't that dude's gonna be interesting once he starts hitting some top 10 guys he's absolutely guns blazing so far I mean like you said, I mean, he hasn't wrestled too many guys, but he has beaten Bronigal, Hartman, um, absolutely smacked Canigliaro in the finals, and he's got a win over Olegenic from Northern Illinois, a pin. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty scary. Yeah, he's and he's super fun to watch. He's just like, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the scores that he's winning by, and it's just getting seemingly getting bigger and bigger with like every match. Um, I don't think, let's see. He'll see Marinelli in a couple duels, but and then Julian Ramirez is the other top guy he'll face. He'll still he'll get a good test probably in Kale Carlson of Minnesota. I think that's his next match coming up this week. But um, it'll be fun one, to see him come Big Tens. Yeah, and one sixty five is looking stacked. Like I want to see him go with someone like Anthony Valencia or freaking Shane Griffith. Like. I I don't that'd be a fun match to watch. I wish we saw a matchup with like Ohio State and he could go against like Cardinal. <clears throat> I know that'd be really good for both of them because I I don't really know where either of those guys are just yet. Yeah, but, exactly. But yeah, so Hamidi is one you know one of my personal favorites so far this season. Um, 
But another one we wanted to highlight was Edmund Ruth, who was competing unattached, used to wrestle for Lehigh, had some issues left, and has won like two tournaments now. He won, a, I believe, the Clarion Open and now the Matman Open while wrestling unattached. And I guess he's been training with his brother, Ed Ruth, at Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought that I read, you know, this is not like a confirmed thing that I've seen, but I did think that I saw he's probably trending towards going to Illinois. Yeah. Well. He, he committed there like officially. Okay, cool. I was um, wondering if he did. So th- that's a pretty good little catch by them. If they can keep him on focus and a guy with all that natural talent. Well, yeah, especially cause uh, DJ Shannon, their current starter just got hurt at the, at the open. So that could be it'll be really interesting. He obviously looks like a like a qualifier type guy, but is he gonna be top twenty, top sixteen? You know, like one seventy four is a tough weight class, but he's looked really good so far. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then for another wrestler, Bullsack freaking had a heck of a tournament. Um, he beat yeah. Amos and then he beat Nino Bonacorsi, another returning finalist. Pitt Pitt's finalist had a tough uh, open here but he beat him three two and and i think he's undefeated this season has a lot of bonus wins he uh he's someone to keep an eye on as the season goes especially once big 10 goes like i want to yeah. see him versus like jacob warner not only did bullsack beat amos at the matman open uh ruckers in wisconsin just dueled like two days ago and mm-hmm. he beat amos again there yeah that match was a lot closer though that was a good match yeah for sure um but Bolsack is someone who last year was, you know, really highly ranked and then had a tough Mac tournament and then had a tough NCAAs. So, you know, if he can keep up how he's been wrestling, though, then he is someone to that's definitely going to be an All-American threat in March. You know, I think him making that move to Rutgers from Clarion has <clears throat> honestly done worlds for him. It's not that, you know, it's that much superior of a program, but just wrestling a Big Ten schedule, seeing these upper tier wrestlers more frequently throughout the year and having better guys in the room, it really seems like he's kind of taking a little bit of a jump from where he was at. And, you know, Rutgers has been putting out some guys like, you know, they have Poznanski there. Um, mm-hmm. They've got Rivera. Like they've, they've got some guys to definitely, definitely get him to improve on. Yeah. Um, for sure. And then the big, not necessarily individual wrestler, but the big match that happened, Miles Amin versus Mark Hall um that was a match i know that was a match we probably should have gotten what like two years ago now at the 2020 NCAAs when they were seated i think first and second yeah i think the last time they wrestled before this at the matman i think uh hall beat him in like top bottom or sudden Mm -hmm. victory or something like that so i'm sure that's just been eaten away i mean for years yeah that that was a lot of people were looking forward to it, you know, and, and Mark Hall is, isn't someone who graduated and just hasn't been competing and decided to lace him up. He's been doing freestyle. He trained, he's a assistant coach for Penn now. And so yeah, he's it was an active guy. Yeah, it was, it was quite the match. And hopefully I would imagine, I would not be shocked if we saw that on the freestyle circuit eventually, if Mark Hall keeps competing, because you know, you know, Amin's going to keep competing. So it's kind of exciting to see Amin at 84 this year. Cause last year, you know, he took that, jump up to 97 which was i mean two whole weight classes and i mean it's not like he did bad he got third in the tournament mm. but never really seemed to fit that size oh yeah so he, to see he always him, looked small yeah exactly <sighs> and then to see him hopefully you know, big tens and at the tournament this year when he could be facing guys like 
you know, like Hidley and Aaron Brooks, he's he's he is like gonna gun for getting his first title. So I, I he's my favorite right now, but I'm sure that uh Hidley and and some of those other guys are gonna give him a run for his money though. No doubt. Um and then the Let's scuffle. Talk scuffle. Yes, the scuffle. Yes. <laughs> um, New Year's Day. What a way to spend it. Scuffle was a little more one-sided. We talked about how not a lot of teams were bringing a full lineup and it actually dropped to even fewer teams as COVID continued to kind of get teams and get individual wrestlers. It was um, so disappointing because mm-hmm. we kept, we saw the original list put out and then that got thinned down a little bit. And then like brackets and seeds came out and that looked, or seeds came out, pre-seeds. <clears throat> that looks kind of, you know, sus a little bit. And then once more, like, right as brackets came out even more guys decided to not show up so we just saw like a skeleton of the scuffle they could have well, and, and then once things got started which i know is not uncommon in tournaments but then we saw so many forfeits as it got farther along that mm. by the time yeah, we got to like uh, final days i had a huge issue with speaking of forfeits i mean someone like like killian cardinal just said nah i'm just not gonna wrestle the finals against mckee well i i, I do know think- he's been battling injuries and stuff like that but I don't know. It it what sucks is that I think that in the in the uh, um, metal matches there were eleven medical defaults. Um, like at one hundred forty one pounds outside of the finals match, the other third, fifth, and seventh were all medical defaults, which is just like you know that sucks, especially when you got Alirez versus Carlson, like. You know that those are matches you want to see. Like I'm sure that that guys second day of the tournament are feeling beat up, but like, come on, we gotta we gotta wrestle, right? Like that's what we're here yeah. for. Yeah, I've, um, I've got yeah. I can understand if guys are you know, truly banged <clears throat> up and they've been battling things, but I mean, you go the entire tournament, you wrestled four, five, six matches even, and then all of a sudden come you know your medal match, you're not good enough to go. Yeah, I don't. It's I just kind of really... it's it's a little the timing's weird, and I I've got an issue with it because it seems like you know they wrestle back, they fight back, they get you know good spot, and then they're like mm, this is gonna be a tough match where I'm not a hundred percent. I could wrestle, but I'm not completely there, and it, I could lose, and it could blemish my record. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of guys are out here record protecting instead of just wrestling. Yeah, I I would unfortunately agree with that with the way it's been looking, but. Regardless, Mizzou ended up winning predominantly, which is not too shocking. North Dakota State was second. I think the the point differential was almost seven. It was uh, was that sixty six points? Um, so you know, it was what it was. But we got we got some similar to Matt Men, some really interesting individual results. Um, yeah, there's some fun matches in there still. Yeah, starting with Drake Ayala, who. Wow. I, that guy know, come out of nowhere we didn't himself <laughs> yeah we didn't even talk about how spencer lee's out for the season probably one of the too, too the, the hodge favorite um definitely looking to get his fourth title but no acls decided to get surgery you know not only did he get surgery he got surgery on both of them at the same time <laughs> yeah like, i did not know that he's gonna be in a wheelchair for a couple weeks yeah it's crazy um so ayala looks like he's gonna be the guy and the dudes looked he looked awesome at this tournament he beat certain twice had a super tight match with mckee who i who he just dueled again and lost again i think it's zero and three against mckee 
even though he's like 10 matches into his freaking career. Yeah. Um, but he just beat Devin Schroeder, who was, you know, he he's That's one of those top win. 12 guys. Yeah, I and stylistically, I thought, you know, Ayala is a true freshman. They re- tend to struggle on bottom. Schroeder someone that is very experienced. He's older. He's good on top. And Ayala had no trouble. I think he finished the match with two minutes of riding time. I mean, he, uh, he his offensive output's crazy. Yeah, I mean, at, at the scuffle in his his second match <clears throat> against certain, he was getting kind of worked. He was like verging on getting majored in the third, mm-hmm. and then he just said, "Take down, let him up. Take down, let him up. Take down, let him yep. up." Some near fall. I mean, he just like flipped a switch and said, "I'm I'm not going to lose," and immediately just started shooting like a madman. Yeah, that he's. I think that he is already on the fringe of probably like that five through eight type of type of talent especially you know he's a true freshman and he's already looking this good like he's got a hell of a schedule coming up i think his next match might be diagostino for northwestern but that's a big match because diagostino is wrestling really strong lately yeah he just got a win over mckee himself who seems to be ayala's kryptonite well he beat he yeah, he's two and zero, oh, and his two wins are Barnett and McKee, who are two of the returning All Americans. Yeah. Um. So Ayala's getting his feet put to the fire pretty quick, but I, I, I don't know if he'll come out unscathed, but I think he's gonna come out looking pretty good. It'll be pretty tough. He's got quite the slate coming up to test mm-hmm. Um, the other kind of standout wrestler that really showed up this tournament was Kyle Cochran from Maryland. Yeah, um, no kidding. You know, Maryland was a kind of a a rough program for a while they were not having a lot of success and then they brought in alex clemson a former mizzou assistant and he's really started to turn that program around um cochran last year he may have had a losing record i don't know that he's ever qualified even let's see he uh yeah he's never qualified last year he was six and eight the year before that he was 13 and 12 and all of a sudden this year he's 14 and two um yeah, and at the scuffle alone, he beat <clears throat> Kent, Bolin, and Lowe from Cornell. And looked good doing it. I mean, he beat yeah. Kent. He blanked Kent. He gave up a point to Lowe. And the Bolin match was tight, but, you know, Hunter Bolin's a stud. I know, and it's not like they were, you know, fluky wins where he got some random big six-point move or something like that. Like, no, he just He won them. these throughout, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, if he can keep it up, that'll be, I, I like to root for Maryland. You know, they we're a struggling program. And like I said, the uh, Alex Clemson is a former zoo assistant who's gone out and done really good work. So it would be really cool to see them get turned around and get someone on the podium this year. And he's, I mean, Cochran looks like the type of guy that could do that right now. Yeah. If he continues that form he's on, I mean, <clears throat> hot wrestlers hot. And if he just mm-hmm. keeps going, keeps improving throughout the year, I mean, he could be a fun guy to watch come tournament time. Yeah, he had a tough loss to uh, Aaron Brooks recently, but, you know, that's Aaron Brooks. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> yeah, it'll be – I'll be curious to see how he does as uh, as their schedule progresses, and especially, like, Big Tens. Um, mm-hmm. See where he ends up in that pecking order of guys. Um, and then the last guy that we are kind of discussing beforehand was Wyatt Hendrickson from Air Force, who I think had one match – coming into this he did yeah and then he watching him wrestle yeah he he bonused his way through with two pins a tech and a major um 
I'm so bummed that uh, Zach Elam didn't wrestle because mm-hmm. I think he would have at least made the semis. And if he's in the semis, he would have ran into either Hendrickson or <clears throat> Fernandez from Cornell. And if he went to the finals against Hendrickson, that's a match I would have loved to watch. Is I mean, Hendrickson, he, so since wrestling the scuffle, he also just wrestled the David Lehman open um, where he got one, two, three, four, five pins. Um, <laughs> let's see. One, two, three, four of them in the first period. Um, oh, no, sorry. Three of them in the first period. So he's got 100% win rate and 100% bonus rate with <laughs> nine pins in 11 matches. So, you know, he's he, making a very conscious effort that he's he's here to make some noise so far this year. And they're not. Yeah, they're good guys like Brandon Metz. Uh, from North Coast State's ranked. Luis Fernandez from Cornell is ranked. Quinn Miller from Virginia is ranked. Um, I don't know if Isaac Reed from Lockhaven. I don't know him that well. I don't know that he's ranked, but he's, I mean, he's 12 and three, so. Um, and, you know, he was round of 12 last year, but the two guys he lost to at the tournament were Gable and Trent Hilger. Yeah. So if he just had a better path, I mean, I guarantee he would have most likely been an All-American last year. Yeah, there's not there's not much you can do about running into Gable. That's just bad luck. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of the, Oh, go ahead. I just want to say one more guy at the scuffle and it's going to, oh, here you we up. go, but yeah, here we go. We're going to be little me, OSU shine. Uh, I'm just happy to see um, Victor Voinovich. Yeah, I knew it. True freshman he, from he did OSU good. Um, came out and took third at the scuffle. Um, his only loss came to find silver. Who's a, a beast. Find silver is i mean he's a very just stout wrestler doesn't make a ton of mistakes wrestles very hard very technical and definitely looked like the older more experienced wrestler against Voinovich. but he showed a lot of promise a lot of good offensive output and i think you know here in a year he's going to be a fun guy to watch in the osu lineup you know, he's not there yet but he's got a lot of talent and it definitely showed I, I was gonna say I think that was probably the best part even though it was weird like making the best of a weird scuffle situation was we got to see some of these guys that maybe aren't the guy this year but are going to be in the future and I I feel like correct me if I'm wrong I saw like somewhere that this was the first time ever that the 10 champions at the scuffle came from nine different schools mm-hmm. like oh I could easily see that yeah like yeah. which is I mean just you know normally I feel like it probably get dominated by a, a, few, a handful of schools but instead, we kind of got to see these individual talents separate from their team. And I wonder if it's a uh, maybe a better preview sometimes for some of these guys that might surprise us at NCAAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah, there is a lot more parity. We saw, let's see, Minnesota, Michigan State, Stanford, Duke, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Maryland, and Air Force, and then Mizzou. Like, that's a. Speaking of that, South Dakota State win, Kate Devos beating Mako in the finals, uh, that's a pretty good win for him. I know Mako Mm -hmm. isn't ranked as highly as he typically is or probably should be because he's got some, you know, what looks like not that great a record, but that guy competes in every single match. And he's, he wrestles close to all of the best guys. So Divo's beating Mako is a pretty good win in my eyes. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is when I watched, Devos, he was a 157 pounder last year, and yet he looks like a like a longer 174. <laughs> Dude, some of these uh, guys bulk up like you'll never mm-hmm. But yeah, I was, I was really worried we weren't going to get to talk about Mako this episode. So thank you, Kyle, for 
getting he, that in there. I know. I, I a, have to give you guys your Mizzou shine. And I'm not. He, what, what, what was the thing from last time? No, Jake. No, Mako slandered. Oh, no, no Mako, Mako slandered. Yeah. I thought it was Jake's. My bad. No, you can um, say whatever you want about Jake's. <laughs> Mako had a really awesome pin against Fine Silver. Um, I, mm, I've never fine. seen someone roll out of getting bow and arrowed the way Mako did but he <laughs> this man has like no bones um but scored a reversal and then you know i mean dude's a scrambler caught him and uh caught him on his back and and kept him there for a pretty good He's win a scrambler without a doubt yeah mm-hmm. humble brag i tweeted during the scuffle that uh Peyton mako that uh the law, laws of physics don't apply to Peyton mako and he did retweet it so that's he is awesome. paying attention and go. he does he does know that he is completing impossible tasks all the time. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> always must watch. Um but yeah, so those are kind of those two tournaments. We kind of missed talking about those last week. There was not a huge uh team trend by any means, but a lot of individual guys really shined in those two. Oh, before, actually before we hop off the scuffle train, there's one more guy I kind of want to talk about just because he super quietly had a great showing there and that was uh Nagao from minnesota yeah. oh yeah like i, I, I don't know where like uh, he's unseated at the scuffle and then proceeded to be you know the mizzou starter and crawford he took out russell who was the two seed and then you know took rave on fully to the brink in the finals and Nagao hasn't been like anything honestly special so far in his career and uh just he made a really exciting bracket there yeah well i think he was one and two coming into it and didn't wrestle last year so Mm -hmm. this is the first time he's he's come in um i don't know if i don't think he was ranked coming out of high school um looks like from california so those guys sometimes good guys in california can get buried just with how they uh how they do their tournament people yeah one state tournament for the whole state you never know who's going to come out of there but i i think that he is redshirting for them right now um but he's definitely someone to keep your eye on i mean i I, he wrestled trey crawford is who a guy that i thought was having a good tournament and he pinned him in under a minute so you can't go wrong with that but yeah gave ravon foley a a heck of a match lost two zero He was just one last fun guy. I thought I should get some shine. Before yeah, no, on. that's a that's a good one. I totally forgot about him. But so for this week, we figured we'd look at with all the duels coming up and happening. We thought we'd look at some of the individual matches that really stuck out. A uh, big one that we're looking at. There's a, there's a ton of Big Ten going on. Uh, the the big one that we're looking at is Ohio State versus Michigan. Um, I think Intermat has Michigan at like four or five and Ohio State at seven. Um, so two top 10 teams, a lot of individual really good matches. Um, so we'll just get into that. Starting off with Suriano versus Heinzelman, Malik Heinzelman. Yeah. Suriano um, made his debut the other day. And he did. Pretty good. Major Gage Curry from Pittsburgh, who's. Um, always been a pretty solid guy. He's a four-time qualifier for American previously. Um, and then he <laughs> quickly tech fall stout from army. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Suriano. Um, the only question is how it, do you think he gets bonus against? I, a- absolutely. Absolutely. You think so? Absolutely. He major at minimum. 
I know Heinzelman, Heinzelman is looking a lot better this year, but I don't know. I, I'm not a Seriano fan. I'll get that out there. So obviously <laughs> I do not like Nick Seriano. He's like a geriatric out there wrestling right now, but the guy is stupidly talented. He wrestles so hard and rough. Um, and he capitalizes on every situation presented to him. Um, and Heinzelman is just not that level. He is not going to go out there. He is not going to beat Nick Seriano. He's not going to make it close, I don't think. This is major. And I, I could see Seriano trying to make a point that, like, I'm coming for a title. And I could see him really trying to make it known that he's, like, the man and even working towards tech if possible. I don't think he's going to get a tech, but I think he will get bonus. You know, I'm looking at Heinzelman's record and I think he's only been majored twice in the past two years which is kind of crazy and one against Nick Aguilar and then the other one against Devin Schroeder last year which is crazy (laughs) because he last year he lost to Devin Schroeder by one point and then by 10 points Um, because Heinzelman is always just like a tough guy wrestling a Big Ten schedule so I kind of figured that that would happen more I, I agree though I do think that Suriano might come out looking to make a point uh he looked a little a little drained, I thought, at his matches uh, recently. I, I, he did look a little – I mean, he poured out his guessing. Plus, his very first match oh, yeah. of the season. <clears throat> That's true. And he hasn't done that wrestling free team. in a while. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Suriano by bonus. Um, yeah. But he's – I don't know. I'm, I'm taking Vito still. That's my guy. Right Vito, now. I like Vito a lot. Um, I really have to see how Seriano looks throughout the rest of the season and how he performs at the Big Ten tournament mm. um, before I've got a confident, you know, like champ or number one. Um, they're pretty like 1A, 1B right now for me with mm. Spencer being out. But, you know, maybe Seriano can go out there and grab Vito's headgear in the finals or something. <laughs> and that's why our. Oklahoma State fan does not like Nick Seriano. <laughs> um, so the other match that we are looking at from the same duel is um, Carson Karchler versus Cam Amin. Um, these two wrestled in 2019 with Karchler winning three to two. Since then, uh, Karchler was hurt, and while Kamin went on to be play seventh place last year going uh 14 4 this year he's got losses to julian ramirez from cornell and evan wick from uh cal poly so two very respectable losses um, so weird seeing him at cal poly <laughs> yeah i know um but last year he lost to ethan smith marinelli o'toole and whitlake so amy did yeah. so I don't know. What are you thinking? Who, who are you taking there? I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm leaning towards Karchla because um, he's looked very impressive this year. Um, like he's beaten Ramirez from Cornell multiple times. And most recently when he faced him, I think he bonus him. Um, he's also beaten Wenzel and he, I think went with Shane Griffith, like lost by like a point. Mm-hmm. Um, Karchla looks, he looks freaking good this year um and not that Amin doesn't and Amin's stout but I don't know this is going to be a one two-point match 
mm-hmm. um, it's going to come down to the third period. And that's what I'm thinking. Writing time or something weird like that could be a factor. Um, so I'm honestly going to go probably towards Karchla by like a close decision. But if Amin wins, I'm not going to be surprised. That's kind of what I'm feeling. Amy can be pretty stingy. Um, you know, he wrestled Keegan last year and he, he lost five to two. It doesn't get stingier than that against a guy like Keegan. Um, you know, his, he lost to Ramirez nine to six in a crazy match. So I, I also like Karchel here probably by like a five, four type of match. Um, I could see each guy getting a takedown, um, but Karchel putting on a better ride or scoring one more takedown in like a six to four type of match. Um, but yeah, I, I'm thinking Karchel as well. Um, and then we've got massive Logan Massa versus Ethan Smith. That's going to be fun. Yeah. This so tool is fun, man. And what bigger than like Michigan, Ohio state? Like that's just yeah, for real. every sport. Yeah. Some their football rivalry is so big. Sometimes I forget how much that translates into their, their other sports too. I feel like it's kind of an underrated or not talked about wrestling, um, discussion. Um, Surprisingly, this is, this is another one I have a lot of trouble picking. Actually, when so, I first saw the two, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go with Massa." But mm-hmm. the deeper I die, the more I'm like, "I don't know." Massa kind of came back unexpectedly, um, similar to Michich and them getting Seriano. You know, this is his one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh year of college. He's a two-time All-American. Ethan Smith, All-American last year. Um, Let's see. Ethan Smith lost to Mackay 6-4, and then Mikey Labriola in, in overtime in sudden victory. They've never wrestled each other, which I I guess is not surprising. Something I'm kind of seeing at the Big Ten. So, like, Big Ten's got a lot of these, like, super seniors, you know, these geriatric yeah. wrestlers. Like, Iowa's got all these ninth-year wrestlers on their team, and Michigan's got a couple of these really old guys, too. And – I feel like Michigan's have been performing a little bit more impressively than Iowa's older seniors have been. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of not necessarily questioning, but like seven years of call dressing is a long time and you can be a multiple time all American and a beast and all that stuff, but that's a long time to train, go to these tournaments, work out, do all this crap, make weight. And then yeah, make weight above all. And he's come mass is coming back like in the, middle of the year essentially you know it's still early but and you know he looks great and all but it's hard you know because he hasn't wrestled anyone of substance yet he's absolutely mm. just smashed everyone he's faced but he hasn't faced anyone of substance and if it gets to the nitty-gritty i don't know if he's gonna be like i you know do i have to <laughs> yeah um i read a really good article from um the head coach of army talking about kind of that grind of college wrestling and he was talking more about why we're seeing guys uh not compete as much like the top guys and just like the fact that we have guys doing freestyle like it's not just you wrestle your season in college wrestling and then you you don't do anything for six months it's like you do college wrestling then you have off season then you have freestyle or greco and then you've got your preseason and so um, it's definitely a grind, but you know, I mass is an interesting one because he took that Olympic red shirt in 2020 
and then came back and got fifth um, after missing out the previous two years. And I don't know if coming in at this point in the season helps him or hurts him in terms of longevity and wear. That's exactly how I feel about it. Um, I do. Ethan Smith has looked really good this year. I wonder if um, last year uh, Massa wrestled Mikey Labriola and he got majored by him, actually. So um, that's the thing. He'll have weird losses in there some places Mm -hmm. where you just don't think he's going to. And then he gets like smoked, you know, by a guy he probably would normally be. And Matt, he just drops those weird matches. Yeah, I feel like this could be one of those weird matches. Uh, I also would not be too shocked. Ethan Smith has looked really good this year. He looked really good last year. He beat Whitlake. He beat Hartman. Um, beat Valencia. Had a tight loss to Marinelli. That's know. a big factor for me is just his. I remember his performance last year at the tournament so vividly and just how strong he looked. And that was big in my eyes. So honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ethan Smith in a in a decision to win that match. But it's gonna be close and exciting. I will take Massa just to create a little difference here. Um, but yeah, that's that's the epitome of a toss up. I think I think Massa, if he can look like he did last year, I think he'll be able to get his offense a little more frequently. Um, but I can totally see see that as like a overtime match, seven five, six four type of match. Um, really, one of the more exciting matches. I think that'll, that'll tell a lot about where both guys are at this weight this year with the circumstances. Um, and then we've got Miles Amy versus Caleb Romero, who, two guys who also haven't wrestled. Um, I'm taking Miles Amy. Yeah, I'm taking Amy. Yeah, I mean. That dude's a stud. Romero's good, but hasn't really broke through. But my only thing is, how much does he win by? <clears throat> Let's see. This year, Amin has a two pins and a tech and then three decisions, although they're nearly majors. And then his 4-2 win over Mark Hall. So Weirdly, these guys haven't met before. Well, I mean, they, Amin's been in different classes, so... I think Caleb Romero has been as well. Like I think last mm-hmm. year he was a 174 and bumped up when uh, Ethan Smith bumped up. Yeah, I'll take Amy by decision. I don't think he'll come out and major him just because um, he can get a little loose sometimes, let up a takedown here and there. But uh, he is awfully scary, and you know he just came off a win over Mark Hall, who has been active. You know, it's not a, that's a fantastic mm-hmm. win. So I think Amy, but. <sighs> I don't think he's going to get bonus. I'll take, I mean, um, it's close to bonus, but yeah, it's hard to, yeah, that, that's how I'm feeling is like, he could get bonus. Like I, I'm not going to be shocked if he does, but mm. if I was betting, I'm not going to, yeah, I, I see five, six points, but hit, hitting that bonus point in a duel, especially in a tournament, maybe, but in a duel where you got those team points, that's that's a tough one. Um, you know, if it's close, you know Romero is not gonna is gonna really be trying not to give that up, and he can be a hard guy to score on. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
both taking aiming there. Um, now getting into some ones I'm really interested in is Ayala versus Diagostino. Yeah. So let's um, see. This will be Drake's 14th or no, 15th college match. Wow, he's already gotten 15 in so far, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he wrestled two opens and then the scuffle, and then he started the past two duels. Ayala's coming off a loss to McKee, 8-6, and then a 6-1 win over Schroeder after his placing third at the scuffle. But Diagostino also just came back and beat Barnett and McKee, two All-Americans. McKee, who was 3-0 against Ayala. Um, so what do you think about that match? I don't know. Um Diagostino, he looked to be improving, you know, towards the end of last year. He was in a, like, trending kind of upward. Um, the only guys he lost to were, you know, really solid wrestlers. Barely, um, too. Yeah, it's not like he was out there, you know, getting bonused on. He was, like, lose, like barely losing those matches. Yeah, I think he was a sudden victory match away from making becoming an All-American. Yeah. Um, and to already start off this season with a win over – Two returning All-Americans and Barnett and McKee. Um, I'm going to take uh, Diagostino, actually, despite Ayala's scary talent and offensive output, just because um, I think he's got that experience factor. I think he'll be able to grind out and grit out like a tough Titan match. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Ayala, actually. I... Uh... Diagostino looked really good against McKee and Barnett. Um, that McKee match had a little controversy. I thought Diagostino had a figure four in the body at one point, which is normally a call, but the refs missed it. But I think Ayala is, like, especially coming off that win over Schroeder, I think his top wrestling really impressed me, and his pace is next to none at that weight class. I think you're seeing Ayala in your nightmares after what he did to certain twice. I mean, yeah, he that he's he's a scary dude to be coming up against, but he's not uh, someone you want to wrestle. No, anybody wants to go wrestle him. No, Um, I think Diagostino hasn't really been a guy that can take a guy down and keep him down just Mm -hmm. yet. He did have a pretty good ride against McKee, so if he can do that against Ayala and kind of slow him down and and make it his his pace and his match, then I could definitely see that. But I think he's never come- been that like top guy, like that guy who's showing out of big tens or you know is <clears throat> constantly you know going deep in the tournament. But he does seem like a guy who's consistently kind of improved throughout his career so far. And I mean, it's his fourth year of college wrestling, and he's starting it off pretty quick. So if he can keep that momentum and that form that he's in, I could see it for sure. Yeah. I, I think, I think this is one of those matches where Ayala uh, has to wrestle or Diagostino has to wrestle a particular type of match, not just like wrestle well, but wrestle a particular style to, because if he wants to get in a firefight with Ayala, then I, I think, win, yeah. yeah, I think Ayala can come out on top. He has to make um, it a dirty, nasty match. Yeah. He's got to slow it down. Got to, uh, get some heavy hands on him, I think, get on top and, and look to get some turns. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to take Ayala. I'm going to get him keeping up this streak uh, for now. 
I'm, you know, like we said, we, he's got a hell of a schedule coming up. He's got Cardani, Heinzelman, Hildebrandt, Barnett, Master Giovanni, um, all before Big Tens. So he's going to get tested. I think if this was a little later in that run of matches, I would probably take Diagostino. But coming off that shorter match, I think he's really streaking right now. I'll take Ayala. Um, and then DeSanto versus Chris Cannon, hopefully. Um, DeSanto just sat out a match the other day um, against Purdue. Tom Brands just said he just wanted to sit out. So look into that how you will. Don't really know how much there is to take from that. That's not never been I, uh, DeSanto's thing. Yeah, he DeSanto is his own entity. I watched his last match um, where Iowa dueled Minnesota, and uh, he wrestled Jake Gleva, who's not, you know, really anything special. And a guy who I I thought DeSanto was going to come out, put his stifling psychotic pressure on, and break like he does to a lot of guys that aren't at his level. And Gleva just was having absolutely none of it. Like mm-hmm. he really wasn't, he got in on a few shots on DeSanto, never really put him in too much danger, to be honest. But he grinded that match out and just irritated DeSanto so far. And watching him walk off the mat after winning, he just looked like exhausted and he looked almost like confused and befuddled as to why he couldn't like just smack that guy like he had this weird look on his face like you can see you can go back and watch it on espn he walks off that mat and uh or big ten and he just looked out of it like mm-hmm. what just happened almost like like he lost he looked like he lost the match yeah he uh i've never really seen him look like that you know he just really looked kind of out of it it makes me wonder if he was sick you know i know everyone's focused on covid but there's been some guys out who have missed with like the flu or something so <laughs> I, w- I don't know if it's a mental thing or a physical thing, and that's why, especially since he sat out the Purdue match, I'm willing to take that Leva match as kind of maybe an outlier for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they Surprisingly, these two have never wrestled. Um, it is a little you, odd. Yeah, they're both Big Ten guys. You know, they've... Um, I guess Chris Cannon made his first start last year, but still. But... Um, you know, Cannon placed seventh last year while DeSanto placed third. Um, DeSanto's pace is absurd. I think Cannon is one of the more explosive guys at this weight class. Um, his only loss this year is to Dylan Raggison from Michigan, who looks awesome, and while DeSanto's undefeated. Um, I think – I. If we see this match, I would expect DeSanto to kind of be back to normal. I think Kanan can probably get one or two takedowns on DeSanto if he can get through DeSanto's pace and his like his head hands, um, which I think is difficult for anyone. You know, you don't really. DeSanto has three regular decisions this year. Um, he hasn't quite gotten those bonus wins like he has in the past. People are being a lot more stout and tough against DeSanto, and they're not like mentally bur- like I feel like his big thing is it's all that pressure, all that, that skate pressure. He's so heavy on the hands and the ties. He takes him down, and when he's like you know cutting someone to let him back up, he's not just like okay, I'm off, I'm cutting him. And he's absolutely 
slamming their head down in the mat like okay get back up come wrestle me he's it's such a mental war of attrition just to wrestle him even if you're beating him and i haven't seen him kind of discouraging guys this year like he has in the past they don't seem to be kind of giving into his shtick like people have before and canon like i'm looking at what he's done over the last like year and a half here so last year at um big tens his losses came to rby who won the national title and lucas bird okay not scrubs and then mm-hmm. at the ncaa's he, only two losses he had bird again and he got pinned by dayton figs mm-hmm. you know another finalist so it's not like he's out here losing to bad guys he's beating good dudes and going far in places so honestly canon could if, if DeSanto's not in it like his head and his heart's not in that match cannon could absolutely come out there and upset him yeah i think i think cannon has the type of style to be able to if DeSantos, if he wrestles like he did against leva then i w- wouldn't be too surprised but if if DeSantos kind of back to normal i mean his two decision wins was that late jake leva match which was a really weird match and then ramazan atsua from iowa state who He's a big freestyle guy, which I think is a big reason why um, DeSanto really struggled against him, especially as a Russian. I think that head hands is is really difficult to get past um, and score on. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, they know what DeSanto is going to going to come with. They know he's going to be heavy pressure. They know he's got that lefty high crotch. He's going to be on your head the whole time. Um, he loves his firemans. Yeah, he's he's you know he's going to score. The only question is how much I and Cannon, you know, like I said, I, I, I could see Cannon getting one on DeSanto, but I, I think DeSanto's pressure and his pace gets him the win here. And what could end up being like a, like an eight, seven, eight, six, ten, nine type of type of match. Yeah. And with wrestling DeSanto, it's like, can you limit the damage? Like you said, mm. you're like, he's going to score. How much is he going to score? So if he's going to score on you, are you going to let him get two or are you going to let him get, you know, four or six? Yeah. You know, you got to limit the damage. If you can limit the damage and then get up and get back wrestling, you know, you can hang in there with him as frightening as he can be. Yeah. That's the thing is I don't think you beat DeSanto by necessarily like slowing his pace down. It's about being able to score before he does. And I, I do think Cannon's a guy that can do that, but I, I would be surprised if if Cannon ended up winning this match. I also wouldn't be too surprised if we did not see DeSanto. You know, I yeah, don't think I think if if DeSanto wrestles, I I think he'll win by decision just because he's hard to you know he's hard to control um, unless you're one of those absolutely top top tier guys. Mm-hmm. Um, just like like RBY, RBY used to wrestle DeSanto with his hands behind his back because he couldn't get away from him. You know, and then he. Oh well, yeah, he was. He wrestled that. You know, he talks about that fireman's and that lefty high crotch. Like, yeah, you, you put that arm back. That's what happens when these guys start getting that tape on you. Yeah, he broke through that. You know, last year and won a title. So, you know, Desanto, he beats the guys he's supposed to be, and he, you know, a lot of times doesn't beat the guys who are above him. But uh, in that one, yeah, I'm gonna ride Desanto. If he doesn't wrestle, I'm taking Cannon. Obviously, but by how much depends on who he wrestles against. Yeah, uh, I think if 
if DeSanto doesn't go last time we saw um, Jesse Ibarra, who just wrestled Matt Ramos, and, and that was – I think he got – he lost pretty handily. So that would definitely be a Chris Cannon probably bonus win. Yeah, I agree. Um, the next one we're looking at is Yaya Thomas versus Max Murin. And I added this one because Murin's been on kind of a tough, tough year so far, but he actually has a win all the way back in 2017, a four, three win over Yaya Thomas. Um, recently, yeah, I, I don't care. I'm going Yaya. <laughs> recently, Murin lost to Manzona Bryant of Lehigh. Um, but he's beaten Ian Parker this year, made the round of 12 last year. Yaya placed third. He recently, uh, he's got losses to Sasso and Gomez. But you going Yaya? I'm going Yaya. He, he's jumped up. He's another guy that's at Northwestern that has just continually progressed and improved throughout his career. I mean, he, he took third last year at the tournament. And he was like the 25 seed. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, he wrestles up to his competition, you know, mm-hmm. and he will be on his game. Like they are wrestling Iowa. They're wrestling the team of the year. Um, he's going to come out and he will take care of business. I think Yaya wins. He's going to win by a decision and like a comfortable decision. Yeah, I probably agree. Um, I think Murin is is good. But I don't think he, he's got the style to, to hang with Yaya. Um, I think he gets that loss avenged. I don't know if it'll be comfortable, but <clears throat> I think it'll be Yaya. I could see it being like a 7-3, something like that. Maybe. Maybe. I, yeah. Mirren, you know, he just doesn't always – he's just not always on the offensive. You know, he'll – he gets a lot of wins – with just you know not letting him people score on him he's not going to win a lot of shootouts mm-hmm. um and yaya is a guy who's going to put him in a shootout kind of style match so right think stylistically it, it does not bode well for max Mirren. um another duel from or another match from that duel uh ryan deacon versus caleb young they are two and two against each other with uh Caleb Young, which winning the latest match, which came, I think, last year. No, sorry. I take that back. Deacon won the latest match, 6-0. But Young uh, beat him twice in 2019. Um, What are you thinking about that? Oh, yeah. Young beat him twice at the NCAAs. That sucks to keep him from placing. Or no, to keep him getting six. Um, you know, Deacon came in as a favorite last year to win, and I'm getting pinned by Jesse Delvecchi in the semis. Play, and he ended up placing third. I'm definitely taking Deacon Young. He is seven and five this year. I did not realize that. Um, he's lost to Quincy Monday, David Carr, Josh Humphreys, Brayton Lee, and Ed Scott. Five guys who are all probably all American quality. You know, David Carr is returning national champ. All those four other guys are probably all going to be fighting each other to get into the rest of those spots. Deacon is up there with David Carr, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I I think that you know Deacon is didn't wrestle against Minnesota, unfortunately, but 
He's 6-0. I, I think that he'll want to wrestle Caleb Young. You know, they're 2-2 two and two against each other. I think that's a good match for him. Um, I agree so. for sure. I think Deacon, I mean, he won CKLV. He was number one seed last year. Deacon's a stud. Um, he's going to come out and he's going to win. Um, yeah. Caleb Young is one of those perpetual guys in the Iowa lineup who's always like, hey, he's a tough guy. He's, he's you know, Iowa. He's always like in the top 10 and then he'll lose a weird match. You know, he, Caleb Young's no scrub. You know, I'm not poo-pooing on the guy. He's a two-time All-American. But he's just not as consistent, he, and he doesn't always beat super top-tier guys. Uh, and I think Deacon is going to come out, and he's going to establish that he's a better wrestler for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Let's pull some of these. Um, and then one of the matches that I'm really excited for is Peyton Robb versus Brayton Lee. Um, those are two guys that I think have really jumped levels this year. You know, Peyton Rob got a win over Austin O'Connor earlier this year. Brayton Lee, I think, has looked just awesome. They're um Brayton Lee's a returning all-American while Peyton Rob made the round of 16. I really like Brayton Lee this year. He is um undefeated. He's got 53 54% bonus rate. He's already beaten Caleb Young, Jake Hughes, Wyatt Sheets, Jared Frenick. Um Peyton Robb, it he's 7 and 2 this year and lost to Quincy Monday and David Carr. The David Carr loss was in sudden victory, but like I said, he's got one over Austin O'Connor. I really like Brayton Lee. Big 10 match. Um I'm going to take Brayton Lee to win like a 6-3 type of match. Um, although I think Peyton Rob can make it interesting. I also agree. I feel like Brayden Lee is really taking a step this year and he's looking really good. Um, you know, just went pretty much down to the wire on that Caleb Young match actually. But aside from that, you know, he still beat him and he's looked awfully impressive throughout all of his other matches this year. Um, uh, yeah, Peyton Rob's got that win over O'Connor, but I think I referenced this before. Uh, O'Connor hasn't super impressed me so far um up at this weight it's you know returning national champion victory still but i'm definitely taking uh brayton lee for me mm-hmm. yeah i think brayton lee is someone that could end up um finishing pretty high on the podium this year um let's see i, I had wenzel versus valencia included on here but now that i'm looking um I think I'm just taking Valencia in that, right? I don't. Um, you think Wentz- you think it's that cut and dry, Valencia over Wenzel? Yeah, um, Valencia's ten zero this year. Hasn't really faced anyone too crazy, but um, placed eighth while uh, Wenzel got second. But Wenzel's having a tough year. Sorry, got three losses. Um, I think Valencia can can kind of work him honestly he could valencia he looks awfully good this year um so i'm also going to take valencia you know he he could work him for sure but you know you don't become an NCAA finalist if you're you know bad by any means so yeah for sure. he's going to come out and he's going to wrestle tough and he's going to try and not drop another one 
like he has already this year. So hopefully once it comes out, makes it a good tough fat tough fight. Um but I would definitely like to see this match. I'm gonna take Valencia though. No yeah. yeah, I if Wentz can get on top and kind of look how he did last year, then I mean, you know, he can turn top guys. He did it last year. He can beat guys in scrambles. He's super strong. He's good in all three positions. His big thing is just like lack of offense and Valencia's whole thing is a ton of offense. So it's going to be whoever style comes out on top. If, if Wentzel can slow him down, then then he can probably get the win. But I think that's really tall task right now. Valencia has always had all the talent in the world and can, you know, talent wise compete with anybody, but he's always fallen like a little bit short here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he's only been an all American once, you know, well, he got hurt last year too. He's had her last year, you issues. know. Yeah, he has, but a big part of you know <clears throat> being successful and stuff like that is being healthy and being on the mat. Um, health is a big part of you know just being able to compete at your best for a long time. So, for a guy who's never always been healthy or you know wrestled up to his potential, maybe he could drop a weird one. I don't know. I'm gonna take Valencia, but you know it'll be a fun match to watch with Jake Wenzel. You know. He's literally a returning finalist, so this this could be a, a very, very, very fun match to watch. And I think it'll be good for Valencia, too, who came in, I think, as the two seed. Um, I think it'll be good for him to come in and get an opportunity to kind of prove, like, you know, last year I got hurt in NCAAs. If I wasn't hurt, then I could have hung with the, the finalist, you know. Like, I'm that good. So, mm-hmm. um I, I think Valencia's gonna come out with a little chip on his shoulder, um, and then the last one, one that's a little I think underrated of a match that might get a little overlooked. I have Younger Bastida from Iowa State versus Stephen Buchanan. Um, Bastida I love this match, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Like I, I really think that people kind of sleep on Bastida. I thought they were last year too. He ended up not finishing the year as a starter but he's a starter right now and he has wins over jacob warner and thomas panola he he did get pinned against silas allred from nebraska who is not their starter um but he's a he's a uh from cuba big freestyle guy he's long he's super hard to take down he he took down panola and warner to win late um and, you know, last year he wrestled Rocky Elam and lost 5-4. And then he wrestled Ferrari and lost 5-2. You know, he, he can wrestle these tough matches against these top guys. Um, and then Buchanan, his only loss this season is to Ferrari. And he beat, yeah. he's got wins over Brucky, Clothier, Schultz. Um, and he's probably one of the more offensive wrestlers at 197 pounds. Yeah, that win over Brucky's pretty big too. Yeah, and he beat um, Schultz. <laughs> yeah, and he—I mean—he beat these guys pretty handily. I mean, he beat Schultz seven three. He he lost to Ferrari for, by a takedown. You know, mm-hmm. like um. So I think you know, yeah, I'm gonna take Buchanan to win, but I don't know. That it's that crazy to see Bastida making it a really tough match. I think Buchanan as well. Um, Bastida has proven to be 
stupidly stingy against a lot of really tough guys. Um, but like you said, he's a really <clears throat> uh, freestyle heavy wrestler. You know, that's kind of what's in his blood. That's what he's always done. So, you know, folk style is a newer thing to him. And Buchanan, man, that guy is just, he is tough. And I'm a little annoying to watch sometimes, which is how he's just gritty. He, he is a Wyoming wrestler, if I've ever seen one. Um, so I definitely, I think Buchanan for sure is going to win that match. Um, you know, he's not going to bonus. I don't think, I think Misty's way too difficult and just, he won't allow that to happen, but I'm going to go Buchanan as well. Oh yeah. I I think Buchanan wins, but I mean, if Bastida comes out and works his ties and doesn't end up on bottom too often, or if he doesn't end up on, on bottom, like getting away quick. I don't know. I I could see it look kind of looking like that Jacob Warner match where it's three one late, you know. Could be fun. And and all of a sudden a guy gets his takedown. Um yeah. I I think it could be either Buchanan's gonna come out and get a goal fight, you know. Um but yeah, so that's those are all the matches that we wanted to look at. There's a ton of duels happening. Um, we lightly touched on some of them. There's a lot of really good individual matchups going on. Um, There's an, uh, and another duel happening uh, later this week. Um, OSU is facing West Virginia, and I think a really uh, there's two really exciting matches that are going to happen in that duel, which are uh, Trevor Mastro Giovanni and Killian Cardinal, if Cardinal goes, and also uh, we'll get Whitlake versus Peyton Hall. Um, Whitlake did beat him. Um, pretty decisively last year um, and has beaten him, you know, twice now, both times decisively, but Peyton Hall looks really good this year and really mm-hmm. dangerous. So I think those are two really fun matches that um, also can get a little bit of shine on the side with all those fun big 10 action going on. Yeah. Peyton Hall made the round of 12 as a true freshman last year. And he, I mean, he looked freaking great at the scuffle until he ran to Keegan. Um, but that is a good match. I I would be a little surprised if Cardinal goes. Um, I yeah. hope he goes, but you know, just with I would the way like things him to, going, yeah. we need some more some more good matches in round twenty five to get spread out. Yeah, if Cardinal is going and he's healthy, I'd probably take him. Um, but I think Whitlake should should beat Hall in a good one. Another one is actually Michael Wolfgrim versus Serber. Mm-hmm. Um, Serber doesn't have any ranked wins yet, but he's looked solid. Um, he's Server's really talented. People, he, but... He's just not—he's small for the weight. You know, he, we're trying to do another little cowboy bulk job like they did with Derek White. Um, but you know, Server's not quite at the weight yet. And uh, Wolfgram is—he's wrestled a lot of matches already this year. He's almost had like twenty matches or something crazy like mm-hmm. that already. Um, and he started the season on fire. Um, you know, beating all the guys that he was supposed to and stuff like that. Um, he's been kind of dwindling a little as of late, um, you know, with his performance at the scuffle and then another duel, but um, still that could be a really fun match uh, to see kind of get a little bit of a better idea to see where Cerber's at. You know, nothing crazy, but yeah. Wolf Wolf Grimm's kind of like a, a, a fringe bubble type ranked guy. I mean, he's got wins over Heinzelman Um Owen oh, Treffin, who's a stud, you know, so he's he's a really good guy, but he he still has those 
those losses that kind of keep them at the edge of the rankings. And I think it'll be a good test for Cerber. I mean, Cerber's got Gable, which is just, you know, bad luck. And then he wrestled Heinzelman in a, in a sudden victory loss. So it's a controversial one too, <laughs> but regardless, uh, Cerber's looked really good against the guys he has wrestled. Um, so I think it'll be good to see him get someone that's a little more established this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, Mizzou's dueling SIUE. Unfortunately, there's no real, uh, any crazy matchups coming out of there that I can think of off the top of my head. I couldn't think of anything in there. That's um, too special. Maybe Hart uh, versus Saul Irvin. <laughs> so, I mean, Saul Irvin stuff. That'll probably be the, he's the taken biggest. Hart to a tight one before. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got some good wins. Um, but their other best guy is Cardiante Wilson, who's unfortunately at 165. So he'll get Keegan. Um, yeah. So, you know, their heavyweight's been good here and there, but nothing too crazy coming out of that duel. Um, but yeah, you know why, uh, Elam didn't wrestle at scuffle. I hear he has COVID or had COVID. I don't know. Okay. The, uh, apparently the way it works now is if, you wrestle someone and Brian, I heard this from Brian Smith on his, on one of their podcasts the other day or talk show things. Um, if you wrestle someone that either tests positive for COVID, but, or, or I think is exposed, then you are contact traced and then you have to be out for a certain amount of time. And then t- you have an opportunity to test negative. I don't know if that was the case with Elam. He might just have COVID. Um, mm. So, yeah, with all of these matches, all these duels, who knows what COVID is going to do with it, unfortunately. There's been a lot of a lot of cancellations, a lot of changes. Yeah, just at OSU's last duel, I mean, we didn't get uh, <clears throat> White Sheets or Dustin Plot. They were both out. G-Feller. Sheets went. Or, yeah, yeah, my bad. Not Sheets. Uh, yeah, G-Feller. I, I, got, I got confused because Jalen Harper, who's the normal 57, went all the way up to 74. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so hopefully, it, hopefully COVID doesn't run through and continue to ruin some of these duels. I'm I'm sure that we'll miss some big matches. Hopefully, just none of these big duels get canceled. You know, um, and and regardless, at the end of the day, things will sort itself out. You know, exactly. it sucks to miss these matches, but you know, as long as as long as, as March long as comes, everyone's healthy, and you know, March comes and gets mm-hmm. to happen. That's what's more important. Exactly. Um, so that's our show for this week. Hopefully we'll have an episode next week. We might have to kind of adjust how we do some things and maybe have some solo shows or where we just go over things or something. Um, you know, we've all got some pretty busy schedules going on right now, but thank you guys for listening. Um, we are now on Spotify, so feel free to check that out. Yeah. Uh, Please subscribe so that our new episodes get sent right to your little new episodes list on Spotify. Yes. Um, also, check Twitter. us out. Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, our Twitter handle is at No Coast Wrestle. Um, Twitter is very limiting on the number of characters you can have in your handle, so we cannot get No Coast Wrestling. We are No Coast Wrestle on Twitter. Um, so DM us or tweet at us any suggestions you have. Um, we are listening. Yes, exactly. Thank you guys for listening to another episode, and we will see you next week. Peace. Mm-hmm.